Welcome to our podcast on A Course in Miracles. We are still in Review 3, and this is Lesson 116. For Morning and Evening Review 1. God's will for me is perfect happiness. God's will is perfect happiness for me, and I can suffer but from the belief there is another will apart from his. 2. I share God's will for happiness for me. I share my Father's will for me, his Son. What he has given me is all I want, and what he has given me is all there is. On the hour, God's will for me is perfect happiness. On the half hour, I share God's will for happiness for me. What do you make of that, Sandra Ray? That's one of my favorite lessons. Yep. Well, this thing where it says, I can suffer, but from the belief there's another will apart from his. So, I mean, if God's will for us is perfect happiness... And we think there's another will. That would be something that's not happy, right? Yeah. Another will would be anything that's besides happiness, right? So, another will. So we think that there's this other will that leads to pain, suffering, unhappiness, anger, fear, guilt. And this is saying that that's not God's will for us. We made that up. We only believe there's this other will from God's will. And it's our belief that makes it real. But if we removed our belief from it, it wouldn't be real. Therefore, we wouldn't have the consequences. Something like that, right? Yeah, and I think not only did we learn in church God's will for us is suffering, we also learned God's will for us must have been death. Oh, So I remember the first time I read the Course and I got to this lesson, it says God's will and my will are one. I got stuck on that lesson. I couldn't get past it because I wasn't clear what God's will was from my religion. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we're told when we go to the altar that life is ups and downs and you've got to put up with the downs and you've got to suffer and it's going to be, you know, sickness and eventually death and you just got to get used to it, you know. Mm -hmm. And this is saying, well... That's not God's will for us. God's will for us is perfect happiness, which doesn't include death, doesn't include sickness and sorrow and suffering. Yeah, and perfect happiness would be always perfect. Perfect happiness would mean always, right? Right. It's a happiness that doesn't revert to unhappiness. Yeah. So it's like once you're in it, it doesn't vacillate back into unhappiness. Mm -hmm. So the happiness that we know is not perfect because 
we have moments of happiness or periods of happiness and then we sort of fall out of that and then we have periods of illness, depression, uncertainty, fear, anger, guilt, you know, we have these other things going on. And this is saying, well, God's will for me is perfect happiness. Perfect happiness is absolute. It doesn't vacillate, you know, it doesn't turn to its opposite. It doesn't even have an opposite. Yeah, it doesn't have an opposite. It doesn't even have an opposite. Like to the ego, you could say, well, happiness has an opposite and we call that sorrow or we call that grief but this is saying well perfect happiness that's God's will for you and it doesn't include suffering it says I can suffer but from the belief there's another will apart from God's so that would be not God's will right mm -hmm. anything apart from God's will would be not God's will mm -hmm. and that's where the suffering I can only suffer if I think there's a will that's not God's will and that would be suffering so by definition suffering is not God's will for you and therefore it's not um, the course would define everything that God created is real and everything that God did not create is not not only thought there but it's not real and it's only your projection you've made it up so suffering would be in that category alright so when we start to see this God's will for me is perfect happiness and then it says well I share God's will for happiness for me well how do we realize the happiness it's like we have to be willing to share it it's like what you give away you get more of so if you're sharing happiness, you get more happiness. You get, get it for yourself and you're giving it away to other people. So more people around you are happy and you're happy because what you give, you receive. So you're giving away happiness, you're receiving the happiness, you're sharing the happiness. But it also means, um, when it says I share God's will, it means I'm aligned with it. Yeah, true. I'm aligned with it and I share it with others. I'm aligned with God's will, and meaning I share it I, with others. I'm stop, uh, stopping to project my own separate will mm -hmm. that includes suffering. I'm not doing that anymore. So I'm sharing in God's will for happiness for me. And then I'm also sharing that with others. So it's increasing. As I give it away, I'm increasing it. I share my Father's will for me, His Son. What He has given me is all I want. What He has given me is all there is. Well, you know, sometimes we want stuff that doesn't bring us happiness. Um, so this is saying, well, I'm going to stop that. I only want what God has given me. He has given me, what he has given me is all I want. And what he has given me is all there is. Well, that means that all the things that I thought I wanted that aren't God's will for me don't, any, don't even exist. What he has given me is all there is. Well, what he has not given you doesn't exist. That's hard, that's hard for some people to get. 
that suffering doesn't really exist especially when we're going through some kind of an ailment or some kind of a thing that we're grieving over mm-hmm. but this is saying well that's not God's will for you is perfect happiness and God's will for you is not to grieve you know that's pretty hard to accept when say your parent dies and you're grieving mm. you know I think I think you you know the course never makes you wrong for um, going through a portion of your ego whatever that is so like if a parent dies and you're grieving well it feels kind of natural to grieve um, but you know I like what Krishnamurti always asked people when they were in grief around a family member dying he would say well who is it you're grieving for and most of the time it's you're sorry for yourself oh, yeah, that's a good point yeah. you're sorry for yourself mm-hmm. for not having that person that's your that's one of your dependents you know you're dependent on them you had a codependent relationship now they're not there so the person you were depending on isn't there so you're kind of pitying yourself for not having that person and we call that grief mm-hmm. you know but really it's not you're not even grieving for the other person you're pitying yourself for not having that person around anymore yeah okay well let's do the five minutes okay so let's do five minutes see what we come up with okay what'd you get well i was thinking about yesterday during my breathing i got that it it could really feel good to be here and being happy makes you feel good being here that the more you feel good being here the happier you are and the happier you are the more you feel good being here so they kind of go together so god's will for me is also feeling good being here that's okay with god that's what god wants is to be alive and feel good being alive so that's what i was thinking about yeah there's this teacher we follow esther hicks and she says your main purpose for being here is to feel good yeah and then we were never taught that as kids yeah i i was reading the other day you know because people are going to say well okay god's will for me is perfect happiness and i share in this will for my happiness but i still don't know quite how to get the perfect happiness you know like what what do I need to do or what do I need to know to, to, to be happy to be perfectly happy yeah well, so yeah. that's kind of a question people yeah. have but you know I read this thing in the text the other day about not knowing and the importance of not knowing I just want to read these two paragraphs mm. those who remember always that they know nothing and who have become willing to learn everything will learn it but whenever they trust themselves they will not learn they have destroyed their motivation for learning by thinking they already know think not you understand anything until you pass the test of perfect peace for peace and understanding go together and never can be found alone each brings the other with it for it is the law of God they be not separate they are cause and effect each to the other 
So where one is absent, the other cannot be. Only those who recognize they cannot know unless the effects of understanding are with them can really learn at all. For this it must be peace they want and nothing else. Whenever you think you know, peace will depart from you because you have abandoned the teacher, capital T, teacher of peace. Whenever you fully realize that you know not, peace will return, for you have invited him, capital him, to do so by abandoning the ego on behalf of him. Call not upon the ego for anything. It is only this that you need do. The Holy Spirit will of himself fill every mind that so makes room for him. So this thing about perfect happiness, we don't have to know how to get it. In fact, all we have to do is invite the Holy Spirit to give us that. Mm. Okay. Teach us what is the perfect happiness. And the fact that we don't know is a prerequisite for receiving it. We have to admit, okay, well, that's just being honest. I, I'm not fully aware of perfect happiness. I don't really know what perfect happiness is. Uh, but I do know it's God's will that I have it. Therefore, knowing that is invoking the Holy Spirit to give it to you. And you don't have to know how. You know, often we're like, well, how do I get this? How do I do that? We want like a, a you know, a to-do list of how. And this is saying, well, that thinking that you know is the very thing that keeps it away. Mm. So you have to be in this open space where you're invoking the Holy Spirit. You're admitting you don't know. And that in this space... It's given to you by powers greater than yourself. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, point. It says it's God's will that you have perfect happiness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say, well, your will is perfect happiness and you better go exercise it and find it. No, it says it's God's will that you have the perfect happiness. Therefore, God has to provide the means for you to have that. And in this case, it's the Holy Spirit or the Christ consciousness. And that is what's going to bring the perfect happiness. But if you come from the place where, oh, I know it already, you're lost. So this not knowing is an important ingredient is mm. the point I'm trying to make. I think that's and, really good. Yeah. So, so well, yeah, I'm, that's it. I'm glad you read that. Yeah, I thought it was really good, and I think we can share that with some other people that are uh, grappling with this thing about not knowing. Well, that's a good place to be, in other words. But of course, you have to be—you have to be clear that God's will for you is perfect happiness, mm -hmm. and you have to stop projecting all the other things that have not brought you happiness. So you have to come to this stillness within, this emptiness within, and then you allow the Holy Spirit to show you what that is. Mm. It's like the Holy Spirit. I mean, God's if God's will for you is perfect happiness, 
He's not going to withhold it from you. But if you're seeking for it where it's not, you're never going to see it because you're too preoccupied with that thing you're seeking. Mm -hmm. And when we think we know what it is and we're seeking that thing that we know, well, we're distracted. Yeah, and people have this idea that things are going to make them happy and it doesn't work. And what the Course is saying, that only peace of mind is going to make you happy, I think. Yeah. Hmm? Well, I think if you have the peace of mind, like we have some very beautiful things in our apartment. We have this Chinese chest, we have this Divine Mother altar, we have many beautiful things in our apartment. Mm-hmm. But it's there. the beautiful things are there because they have an aura of holiness that we attracted those into our life mm-hmm. because holiness was the most important thing to us. Mm-hmm. So we've attracted the beautiful things that reflect the holiness. You know, it's like holiness was in the first place and then these things showed up, mm-hmm. you know? It's like that had to be the most important thing. And then once that was the most important thing in our life, beautiful things popped up, you know? And uh, I think that's the order. Above all else, I want to see. Well, what's above all else? I want to see my holiness. I want to see the sacred. I want to see the divine will. And then things that are beautiful and things that make you happy show up. And the Holy Spirit brings that. You don't have to worry about it. Okay, thank you guys. Thanks, guys. This was a good one. Glad to have you here. And uh, stay in touch. God bless.